Welcome to the new School of Success. I'm Nick Maytash. And I'm Julian Rosen, and we are here to flip the game of success on its head. No more hustle, no more grind. Just the tried and true principles to help you win at life on your own terms. Class is in session. Welcome, guys, goblins, and ghouls to a new episode of the new School of Success. If you're listening to this around Halloween, that reference will make sense. If not, Nick told me to do it, and he's a weirdo. So today you're going to learn how to stop overthinking, you jackass, because nothing robs us of more joy than our mind gone rogue. Nothing robs us of the precious moments that comprise life than when our mind is just off doing its own thing, making us worry about the future or dwell in the past, creating anxiety, procrastination, guilt. We beat ourselves up. Yucky, yucky, yucky. So today, my co-host, Nick, and I, we're going to walk you through how to stop overthinking so you can reclaim your brain. And if you reclaim your brain, you're going to be able to reclaim your life. Do you agree with me, co-host Nicholas Maytash? Uh, yeah. Despite you saying that I was weird, I will agree with your sentiment that uh, if you have let your mind gone, go rogue. Um, you are letting your control of, of your powerful, powerful ability to control your life, uh, you're letting that go rogue as well. So our purpose and mission here with this, this episode, which by the way, was by request from the Instagram. So thank you for, oh, for listening. My boy Jan, my boy Jan Krokos. Not sure if that's how you say your last name, Jan, but <laughs> no, man, how do I live more in the moment? How, how do I reclaim control of my mind? Because obviously my mind controls how I feel and how I feel controls how I act and how I act controls my life. So Jan, the man, um, this one's for you, buddy. Yes. And happy birthday, Nick A. Maytash. It's his birthday, folks. He's he 57. He gets his AARP card today. So That's very true. I'm really excited about really cashing in on my 401k. You made it, bro. I You're did. I, I live the American dream. Anyway, yes, it is my birthday. By the time this airs, it's going to be well past my birthday. Um, so if you are going to you know, share this on social media, which you should, and tag us, which you should, um, you don't need to say happy birthday. You can say belated birthday because it'll definitely be well past. And he's not 50. He's not 57. No, no. I'm a, I'm a young, spry 31. Um, <laughs> all right. Anyway, I think we've let this episode go rogue whilst trying to, <laughs> trying to center in on why we should not let our mind go rogue. Um, all right. So again, we're coming back to the, the central message here to stop overthinking, you jackass. And we say jackass with love because we're a couple of jackasses as well. We don't, yes, we don't see ourselves as non-jackasses. We are definitely there. Um, and I'm going to stop saying that works. I feel like I've overdone it. So the problem here is when you let your mind run you, instead of you running your mind, because trust me, you do have the power to do that. I think there's a lot of us that think the stimulus outside of us and the world outside of us is the thing that controls how we act, how we feel, how we you know, go about living. That's false. And uh, if, if you do feel that way, please stay with us because we will give you some powerful tools here to really uh, put you back in the driver's seat of your mind, your feelings, your thoughts, because when you do have the driver's seat, you have the wheel, in front of you, you can really start to steer towards things that are beautiful, powerful, and uh, just frankly awesome. So um, my friend Julian over there, what are some symptoms of the overthinker, of the person that has let their mind go astray and uh, let them kind of take control? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow me here, folks. Follow me here because, A, Nick and I have been there. We're not on our pedestals saying, you guys suck and be better. We've been in the suck. We know this. That's why we can explain it so eloquently. But let me know if this sounds familiar to you. You're very reactive. It feels like life is happening at you. You worry a lot about the future. You create a lot of negative what-if scenarios, and then you try to create solutions to those scenarios that you don't even start creating solutions to problems you don't even have yet, which leads to anxiety. Um, maybe you compare yourself to other people a lot. Maybe you experience a lot of mental and physical exhaustion that leads to procrastination and a lack of consistency. Maybe. You got this little voice in your head that won't leave you alone, reminding you of how inadequate you are and all the times you screwed up in the past or all the, all the ways that you're not good enough to build the future you want. These are all symptoms that your mind is just, your mind is a tool, 
like your bicep or your leg. It is here to help you navigate this world. Now imagine if your bicep just never stopped flexing. No one would want to hang out with you. You probably wouldn't be able to get a driver's license or your leg never stopped kicking, right? Like, I wouldn't want to be your friend. Unless you have a medical condition, I'll still be your friend. But anyway, just think about it. Your mind is just like your arms or your legs. It's here when you need it. But so many of us, the way in which we're living our life, our mind is just going and going and going, which creates this vicious cycle. And Nick, let me know if you've ever been in this cycle. Your mind runs on autopilot. It goes rogue, which is very exhausting, it right? Does. Okay, so you're exhausted. Well, at the end of the day, you need a distraction or a numbing agent because you're just like, I just can't do this anymore. My brain's going crazy. So you then indulge in some kind of whether it's Netflix or whether it's alcohol or whether it's food or whether it's gossip or whether it's whatever, it's usually not constructive. And then you wake up the next day and start all over again. And then you get to the weekend and then Monday comes and you start all over again, right? Mm-hmm. When you're overthinking, when your mind's gone rogue, it creates very unproductive patterns of suck. Yes. And so if you can, if this episode does anything for you, I hope it helps you press pause so that you can zoom out a little bit and think, Am I, am I stuck in some cycles of suck? And if you are, you don't, don't beat yourself up, but I mean, we got to address that you're there first to get you out of there. So this is obviously a problem when you're overthinking, when your mind is, is going rogue, like rogue from X-Man mm-hmm. stripe in her hair. She wears tight spandex latex, very promiscuous. If you ask me anyway, it's bad, but Nick, like, you've coached a lot of amazing people. You've gone through your own transformative journey. Sure. How does this type of overthinking, like how does it, how does it weasel its way into all areas of life? Well, obviously it's very, I want to say the word is pervasive. That might not be the word. I mean, if you're at home, Google it, you'll, you'll find out. I think the word is pervasive, but anyway. Is that like all encompassing? Is that it like? Just, it just leaks itself in and it takes hold and it, it's hard to let go of if you don't have the awareness that it's. Like maple syrup. Exactly. But here's something that you want to consider too. If, if you're listening to Julian list off all these symptoms of worry, anxiety, comparison, all of that, you're like, I'm not sure if. I fit in that boat. I'm not sure if that's me. I probably worry about as much as everybody else, or maybe I have anxiety as much as everybody else. Maybe you're in the, in the mindset of comparing yourself to everybody else's worry and anxiety, and you're like, I'm just not sure if I'm there. What's something that, that, that Julian also spoke to was the mindless activity that you use to escape and check out because your mind has just been running and running and running and running all day long on things that uh, aren't serving you and they're kind of taking away your mental energy. Like, so if you're using the Netflix or you're using scrolling social media, or if you're using, you know, uh, half a bottle of wine at the end of the night to kind of get yourself to a place where you feel normal again, because you, you need that mindless activity to check out. Maybe that is the actual symptom, like the mindless activity. How often are you doing these things? Yeah. Because if you say, and I'll just say, even though we've normalized, it as a society doesn't mean it's the healthiest, happiest. Correct. Way, right? Because it's become normal to live this way doesn't mean it's good to live this way. Um, yes, for society sure. Society has normalized a lot of screwed up stuff in the past and history, right? Just because it's normalized doesn't mean that it's going to serve you and your greatest good. So don't use that as a benchmark. Like, well, my neighbor's three times as stressed as me. Correct. Do not. Because if you want to own your life, the yeah. whole comparison idea, you have to come back to what is it that you want? What is it that you value? Because if, if you use the, the markers of everybody else as how you look at the, the patterns that you have, um, you know, you, if you look at the mass of people around you as your, as your benchmark, you will become the average of those, that mass of people around you. So like if you want to stand out, if you want to succeed, if you want to move past all of these patterns, looking at them and trying to, to figure out if that's useful to you is not useful to you. So um, just something to think about was that mindless activity, how much mindless activity are you using? And frankly, there's nothing wrong with Netflix or nothing wrong with having some wine, nothing wrong with, with social media in themselves. They are neutral, but how often are you abusing them to check out because your mind has just been racing on, on nonsense all day? So just keep that in the back of your mind. But your original question, sir, was... 
Get to it. What, what was the question? That's what I'm asking. The question was, okay, you said it's pervasive, right? So ah, why, fancy word. Is this, why is this mind gone rogue? Why is it bad? Let's say I'm Johnny Tsunami. <laughs> yes, not, Johnny Tsunami. Not the snowboarder surfer from the Disney Channel original. Just a totally different guy. I'm from sure. Iowa. It's like, I get it all the time. People are like, oh, you must be the guy. I'm like, I'm not the guy, but I'm just, I'm named Johnny. Sure. Yeah. Um, the third. And I'm like, dude, I want to get, um, I want to grow my business. Why is like, can I just like, can I just like white knuckle my way through this? Like, why is this overthinking screwing me? Or I want to be healthier or I want to like, I don't get it. Why, why are my relationships slipping through the cracks? Why is this overthinking? Why is it, why is it so destructive for the things that I care about? Well, I mean, in all areas of your life, if you're constantly distracted and worrying and thinking about the other areas of your life, if you're on a date with your wife and you're thinking about what you should be doing in your business, or if you're, um, you know, at the gym and all you can think about and all your mind is doing is telling stories about how your relationship has gone downhill or, or what have you the lack of presence within the role that you're playing, whether that be husband or wife or business owner or you know, person at the gym trying to get in shape, the less present you are because your mind is off elsewhere, the less effective you can be. So if you want to rock your business, but you're in your business thinking about, or, or you're allowing your mind to tell stories about your relationship, or you're allowing your mind to tell you, like, ugh, you, you really need to get back in shape, the less, effective you will be within your business. So the, the less control you have of your mind, the more you let it go rogue, the more it is just running on all cylinders, trying to, you know, pinpoint all of the solutions that you should have in your life. It's, it's just taking that resource of your mind and it's spreading it so thin. So all of these, these activities, all of these symptoms that, that present themselves as worry and anxiety and so on, it, it just depletes the resource, this powerful resource that you have that is your mind. And if you can't rein it in and be like, dude, we're at work right now. We need to use our mind for work right now. Or, hey, I'm on a date with, with my spouse right now. That's all I'm doing right now. Because I'm not, I'm not here on this lovely romantic date trying to close a client. Like that, that kind of, uh, you know, being in one place physically, but mentally being elsewhere, it robs you of those moments and it robs you of progress in those areas of life because you can't be as effective. So that's really what is the pervasive part. And I hope I'm using the right word here. <laughs> the pervasive part is it like it leaks into all areas of your life and it weakens your ability to step into them fully, step into them powerfully and really just go at it on all cylinders with focus and with intention. Amen. 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 And that's, I mean, put it in the collection plate. We'll call it a day. <laughs> Church, wait a minute. I'm about to drop some facts. Oh, hit me. Drop some facts. Hey, you human listening. I love that you're here, but listen up. You have about, I don't know, 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day. 90% of those thoughts are repetitive. Mm-hmm. And here's what you also got to understand about the human mind. The human mind, due to thousands of years of evolutionary psychology, is wired with a negative predisposition, right? Because tens of thousands of years ago, worrying kept us alive. Overthinking, expecting the worst, letting our mind constantly compare, it actually, in weird ways, ensured our survival. Mm -hmm. If you're constantly on the lookout for threats, you're going to detect threats quicker than your caveman counterpart who is walking through the daisies like yeah you're gonna he's gonna get mauled by the wolf right so literally we've evolved to have this these these, this negative predisposition and so if over 90 percent of our thoughts are repetitive and the majority of those thoughts are negative and this is all if you leave your mind to its own devices right this isn't if you begin inner work, you work with a coach, you start to meditate and do a lot of mindfulness, right? Like we're just saying like, if you just kept operating on autopilot for the rest of your life, your mind is negatively wired to worry and to compare. And if you don't powerfully step in to reclaim control, like I said, over 90% of your thoughts are the thoughts you had yesterday and the day before and the day before and the day before. Why is that important? Well, your thoughts create your reality. Your thoughts determine your prevalent emotional and energetic state, which then impacts your behaviors and habits. And remember, your life is what, Nick? Bingo dingo. 
the sum of your actions and habits, right? So bingo, literally, bingo, bingo, dango, ain't your baby. Um, I think that's from Friends or something. No, it's from Seinfeld. Um, but even before Seinfeld, it was from something else. Right. Uh, anyway, <laughs> guess my mind just went rogue there. <laughs> anyway. I'm just trying to model this for you guys. <laughs> anyway, that's why it's so crucial. And like Nick said, it's pervasive because everything is interdependent. Mm-hmm. Everything is interdependent. Your consistency in the gym is an extension of you. The boldness and uncertainty with which you grow your business is just an extension of you. How much love your loved ones feel, that shit doesn't just pop out of nowhere. That's an extension of you. Right. So if your mind is in the future, or if your mind is worrying about how you're not good enough, or your mind is comparing you to someone else somewhere, you have no power in the you have no power over there. Your power is only in the present, right? And if you're just wasting energy and focus because your mind is jumping all over the place, you're just scattering yourself. And then, and that all that takes its toll. That all has an opportunity cost, right? Energy and focus spent somewhere else is less energy and focus that you have on reserve for what you care about. Right. So yeah, when your mind runs wild, you're going to be exhausted. When you're exhausted, your family's not getting the best version of you. Your business isn't getting the best version of you. The workout you're showing up for to make your mind and body healthy as possible isn't getting the best version of you. Your dog, Spencer or Randy, isn't getting the best version of you. So I think it's time that everyone, including you, gets the best version of you. I agree. And I want to just jump in real here, real quick here, Julian. I know you may have been shocked. I may have jumped in the involved. pool. I did. So the, there might be, and I say might with jest because I, I, I would assume that someone, even if you're listening to a podcast as powerful as ours, this new school of success, oh. there's probably some, some patterns running in the back of your mind saying to yourself that, you know, the worry that I have for the safety of my family or the anxiety I have about my business, you're, there's a part of you that probably sees that as beneficial because you, you see that if I'm not worried about my family, I don't care about them. Or if I don't have anxiety about where my business is headed, I don't care about it enough because I want it to go, you know, and, and rise to the next level. But I want you to understand that there, the, the energy that you have for worry and anxiety is out of fear and scarcity. And it's not to say that you need to not think about or not give any attention to these things that you're trying to evolve, create, have safety for if it's your family. But there's a difference, a very uh, big difference between giving something attention and giving it your worry and giving it your anxiety. Like you can give something powerful attention. Your business can and needs your powerful attention with intention of growing it from a powerful place with a rock solid mindset and all of these things. But so many of us have these ideas, these beliefs that, you know, the things we care about deserve our worry and our anxiety, because if we're not worried about it, then we really aren't all in on that thing. But dear listener, Beth, Beth has been here for about all the episodes. So I appreciate you, Beth. Or, or Beth's an OG. She's a triple OG. We love you, Beth. Yes, Shout thank out you, to Beth. Beth. And, and new, new listeners like Jeremy and Olivia, like we really Carlos, appreciate you Carlos, being Carlos, welcome. welcome. Yes, thank you. Like if you have this idea and you're triggered or you have resistance to us telling you that, you know, worry and anxiety, even if it's, you know, uh, society says that, yeah, that's normal, you don't need it. You don't need the worry. You don't need the anxiety. You need to give attention to the things that you want to create and change and grow in your life, but it doesn't need to carry that like awkward stench of fear and anxiety, uh, fear, I'm sorry, and scarcity, and these just icky feelings that you feel are, are probably normal because you see it from everybody else, but instead, giving those things your powerful attention. In order to do that, you really do need to reclaim your mind because your mind, left to its own devices, will tell stories that are based in fear and scarcity because, like Julian said, that's the way your mind works. It is built in that fashion. Um, it's been... <laughs> you know, many, many years since we've needed it to be in that fashion, but your mind, your brain, it loves the worry. It loves the anxiety because it thinks that it's protecting you. You're safe. You're fine. You're supported. You're good. So instead of worrying and having anxiety about all the things in your life that you want to move forward and evolve, just give it some powerful attention and intention rather than, you know, bringing all of that, uh, that negative energy to it, because that's just going to derail 
what you want, my man and my, yeah. my lady. My lady. <laughs> my lady. <laughs> anyway, so we get, we get it, right? Like, it's not good. When you're, even though society's like, no, this is normal. Put, put Xanax in your coffee. It's normal, right? Like, even though society <laughs> is like, you know, just being a grown up is super stressful. Just drink a bunch of wine and scroll social media and you get home. It's okay. It's not okay. You have one life here. It's just time is a non-refundable resource. Like, let's give you the tools to reclaim your mind because truly, when you can control your mind, you are back in control of your entire life, personally, professionally, physically, mentally, financially, relationally, all of it. So we're going to tell you how. We are going to tell you how. And we want you to use the how. We don't want this to be your daily dose of dopamine. Like, ooh, that may sound like it works. Those guys are great. And then you don't use it. We would rather have you. Be like, that was kind of mean. They called me out and then do the thing because we give a shit about you growing. So here's the disclaimer. We're going to show you just the universal principles of reclaiming control of your mind. They work. They always have worked. They always will work. Here's the disclaimer. Anything that you've normalized, your body starts to crave, even if it's not good for you. Nick, what happens if you smoke cigarettes every day? What does your body start to do? Does it start to crave? It kind of wants you to have another cigarette, even though your conscious mind, your conscious mind is like, hey, man, there's, there's stuff in here that's not great. But yeah, the way that you're programmed, you've gotten used to it. It's become normal. So it's like, yeah, give me the drag of that thing. Okay. So I need you, the listener, to understand that all of this worrying, letting your mind run wild, and I geek out on the neurophysiology of you as the human, it's bad. I can tell you that from a hormonal and neurochemical standpoint, this, when your mind goes rogue, your body is being exposed to a horrible cocktail of hormones and neurochemicals that prematurely kill your muscle cells and make you flabbier and weaker. It prematurely kills your brain cells and makes you dumber and more foggy, uh, prematurely kills your skin cells, aging that sweet, good-looking face of yours. Like, it inflames your joints. Like, it is, it is not good. Yet, just like a cigarette, if you've been used to it, your mind isn't going to want to let it go. So that's the disclaimer. Here's the spoiler alert. These changes work. Your brain's not going to want to use them consistently. So when you're implementing these, I implore you, your mind, just like a kid throwing a temper tantrum, is going to say, I don't want it. I don't (laughs) want it. I want the cigarette, mommy. Give me the cigarette. And you as the conscious grown-up have to say, I can't give you that cigarette, child. It's bad for you, right? Like that's how you have to intervene sometimes. So that's what I'm saying. The stuff works. Your brain's gonna want the old stuff that doesn't work simply because it's old, familiar stuff. Can we all agree on that? Give me a verbal yes, listener. I'm waiting. Yes, yes, Julian. Oh, what are you, six years old? Your mom know you're listening to this podcast, you nerd. Just kidding. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, people. All right. You're very welcome. Now, let's hit them with what works, Nicholas. Well, how do you, re- how do you reclaim control of the mind? Well, before I, I give my two to 10 cents on this, you mentioned a, a certain process that I think it, most of us with, with conscious working brains, if we can see a process and work back to the base and the foundation of where we can start, that gives us a little bit of hope of how to begin moving past whatever our patterns have been. So if you could deliver to that six-year-old listener that's very, very excited about uh, reclaiming their, their mind and their brain, what was that kind of um, you know, front-to-back process, getting back to the, the yeah. foundation? So tell us a little bit about that. Yes, yes, yes. So in order to reclaim control of your mind, you need self-awareness and willpower. Now, just to say that and then leave would be doing you a huge disservice because... Self-awareness and willpower don't come out of nowhere, right? Like it's like motivation, right? Like it, it, it doesn't just appear out of nowhere and it will run out quickly unless you can constantly fuel it. So if you can envision this, like at the top, you have self-awareness and willpower. If you can go one layer deeper, what is the actual cause of those things? It's physical and mental energy. Think about it. Okay. If you're physically and mentally exhausted, you're going to settle. Right. Like if after the longest day ever, you are just like, I have had it. I am done. Like you're not going to 
get back in the car, drive to the grocery store, buy a salad, make a salad, eat the salad, clean up the salad. No, you're going to eat the piece of pizza and drink the beer because it's there and you are exhausted, right? So you literally, you lose self-awareness or you lose willpower if you don't have energy, right? Mm -hmm. So just like the transitive property, right? Like if we want more self-awareness and willpower because we want control of our brain, we need to create more physical and mental energy. How do we do that? That is where you need to focus your time and energy because when you can create more physical and mental energy, you create more self-awareness and willpower. And when you have more self-awareness and willpower, what do you get, Nick? You get to have control of your mind. Beautiful. Bingo dingo, Nick Wiss. Dingo so, ate my baby. Ate your baby. Not really. Nick's baby is no. too big to be by Dingo. It's like 80 pounds. Big old baby. <laughs> you leave her alone. She's, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. She, anyway. She's a bold, beautiful young woman. She is. She is. She's a cute little, cute little monkey. So, yes, all right, so let's talk about physical energy and mental energy, right? Yes, what sir. are some of the things that increase physical energy and mental energy? Well, one of them is how you start your day. For sure. If you are just rolling out of bed, and jumping right into your day, reacting to things, solving problems, answering emails and messages and checking stimulus, you are literally not even giving your brain a chance to get its bearings. You are literally activating overthinking stress response mode. So one of the lowest hanging fruit, one of the quickest, most powerful ways to revolutionize your physical mental energy, which increases self-awareness and willpower, which increases control over the mind, which increases control over your life, do you see how it's all related? Ah, yes. You wake up with enough to create some space in your morning to just, to, to just not react, mm-hmm. right? Nick and I both recommend waking up early and then doing a morning routine involving meditation and journaling and reading. We both agree on that. Um, and that's great. But just waking up 20 minutes earlier and not checking your phone, just like being in there, just being in the morning, experiencing the morning, make some coffee, pet your dog, look outside, right? Like just creating a cushion between waking up and rolling right into your day. That alone is going to increase your physical and mental energy and prevent your brain from automatically shifting into overthinking mode. Um, And if you add those things, right, Nick, if you add what meditation, journaling, what are your, what are your heavy hitters? I mean, so before I get to the heavy hitters, uh, I just want to reflect on something that you just said, because I think it's so, so important in terms of introducing something that can be a powerful start to your day. I think so many people hear morning routine and their thought is, well, they're about to tell me that I need to meditate for a half hour, go to the gym for an hour and a half. I got to read six books and then I got to, you know, sit on my, sit on my tuchus and, and wait for something to happen before I can start taking action. Yeah, you took us. But what Julian just mentioned, I think, is a, is a powerful thing to really sit with if you're someone that needs to create this space for yourself. It does not have to be this overcomplicated, um, you know, three-hour production of getting your mind right. It's really just having the initial willpower to be like, I'm not touching my phone. I'm just going to leave it over here. I'm going to put it out in the living room. I'm going to do something where I don't react immediately. And some of you be like, well, I I just won't go on Facebook or I won't check my email. I mean, like, that's great. But if you look at your phone and someone's texted you overnight or, or Facebook messaged you, it doesn't matter what they're saying. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. You automatically are reacting to what they've said and you're giving them a little bit of power in your morning. You're giving them some, some ownership of how you get to feel when you woke up. So if you can just avoid touching your phone for 20 minutes, and like Julian said, look outside, go take a walk real quick, brew some coffee. We love some caffeine around here. Oh, I love coffee. (laughs) It's just, I just wanted to, to, to highlight the simplicity of that idea because I don't want you to think at home, dear listener, that it has to be this this huge production because the more complicated you make it, the harder it is going to be to stick to it. And if you can just give yourself 20 minutes, you really can start to put some building blocks in place to take hold of that physical and mental energy, which means you take hold of the self-awareness, Nick, the willpower. Nick, yeah. Nick, I'm a listener, but won't, won't waking up 20 minutes earlier make me more tired? Mm, no, no, dear listener who, it, Sounds like a cartoon character. 
Um, Who are you, man? This is, I have a disorder. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So. I asked that question because I actually wanted to answer it. I mean, that listener asked that question because they wanted to answer it. Oh, okay. Well, you go ahead and take the the answer to the question that you already asked. Think about this. The listener asked it, not me. Think about this. If there was a machine at the casino where you put a dollar in and you got two out, how many times would you play that machine? Uh, I mean, I would just sit there the whole day. Cool. Okay. You have to understand that when you wake up 20 minutes earlier, it's easy to see it as giving up that dollar. Like, oh, 20 minutes of sleep. Like, I'm trying to increase energy and you're telling me to sleep less. You have to understand that that 20 minutes of non-reactive time, the ROI you're going to get on that, it's going to be like three to one or five to one right? Like the amount of neurochemical balancing you're going to do, the amount of priming your brain in the right way that you're going to do in that 20 minutes of not reacting is going to far surpass whatever restoration you were going to get in those 20 minutes. So you can't be afraid to give up the dollar because that machine is going to shoot you two to five to $10 back. So there you go, listener. Stop interrupting Nick, you jerk. Yeah, you, you high-pitched jerk. Who are you, man? <laughs> but just like with anything, in terms of investment, like you have to be willing to, to give up a bit to, to get something back. And those 20 minutes that you can wake up earlier and really do nothing or choose to meditate or choose to read, all of which would be powerful implementations within that 20 minutes. Or if you want to extend it to 30, 45, cool. Like it's really up to you. But giving yourself that space is an investment in your day and it might feel like you're sacrificing more sleep. But you give yourself a few days where you woke up more powerfully and you weren't depleted and starting to use stimulus. And like, by the, if you are waking up in this, this survival mode, which we spoke on uh, episode four, I believe, if you're waking up in survival mode consistently, you are like by noon, you're shot. You've got nothing. And you're propped up on coffee, you're propped up on Red Bull and so on and so forth. And like, I'm not hating on coffee or Red Bull. I have them from time to time. It's whatever. But if you're using that to get through the day because all you've done so far is stimulus, 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 stimulus. Email, 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 email. Right. If you then shift gears and say, all right, I'm going to listen to Julian and Nick. They seem like smart guys. Julian's got a nice shiny bald head. Nick has a decent head of hair. Bing, bing, bing. Let me try this 20 minute thing for a few days. Waking up in that fashion for a few days and giving yourself some momentum into to building a practice around it, it's going to, on, on the, the tangible side, it's like, oh, I lost 20 minutes of sleep, but you're waking up more powerfully. You're not going to be shot by noon. You're not going to be you know, depleting yourself to the point that you're exhausted by the end of the day. And then those extra 20 minutes don't really seem like they're that necessary for your sleep because of the power of those 20 minutes. And again, it doesn't have to be 20, 30, 45. It's whatever suits your needs or whatever feels good to you, but giving yourself some time to not check in with what the world is doing and just check in with your world, your inner world. That is how you start to rein in that mind of yours. So we got meditation on the books. We've got reading a book on the books. Journaling, you mentioned, um, there are different like ways to journal, but the the powerful part about journaling, and this is something that I kind of talk about with my clients too, is physical habits, although they're not easy in the sense like it's a click, click of the flip of the switch to change, when they're visible to you, when you have a physical habit of like eating a pizza every night for 20 years, like you can see that you're probably obese, right? That's pretty clear. But when you have mental habits that you can't see because your mind is inside of your skull, like it, it's hard to see those patterns. So, what journaling does for you if you're being genuine as you journal and not like writing down things that aren't true. Like if you're treating the practice correctly and and opening yourself up, you really start to see the patterns of your mind. You could journal just kind of that stream of consciousness journaling and throw your, your mind on the paper and just kind of talk to yourself about how you're feeling. You could do some visualization journaling and really start to craft a vision of where your, your life is headed, what you want to create, what you're stepping into, into the day that you're, you're, you know, about to go into. But no matter what, if you like this trifecta of meditation, journaling, and reading, the meditation and the journaling allow you to let your mind chill. The journaling lets you see your mind so you can start to make some changes and see maybe the the patterns that aren't serving you, the things that you're thinking about that might look like scarcity or fear or worry or anxiety. And then the reading a book, like 
giving yourself information from other powerful people is such a gift because if you're only going off of what you learned growing up and that's the only thing you're going to ride this thing out with, um, you're going to be limited. So giving yourself- this amazing book, it was called moving past mediocre. It blew my balls off. Like they uh, found three States over. They found my balls in Indiana. That's how powerful this book was. And even I've had lady friends say blew my lady balls off. This book, it's crazy. So there's this book called Moving Past Mediocre. Yeah. It's by some tool. Yeah. But he knows his stuff. He knows his stuff. What, what was the author's name again? Nick Maytash. Oh, right. I just want, I didn't <laughs> want to plug myself. I wanted to make sure you said it. Yes, I've written a book. Hey, Nick, plug yourself. Get Nick's book. Get, yes, in my book, I talk about this whole idea of journaling and meditation and why that's powerful. Another thing I talk about in the book that I'm sure you can attest to as well is reclaiming the, your, your mind. It's, it's these habits that we've talked about, powerful practices, waking up with a little more mental space, giving yourself the meditation, the journaling in the book. But sometimes reclaiming the control of your mind, uh, you know, going about it in a solo way, it can be limiting as well. So hiring a coach was something I spoke about in the book because it allows you to have someone else, a third party, kind of come into the conversation between you and your mind and say like, hmm, there's a blind spot. That doesn't seem to make sense. They see the, the conflict between what you're saying and what you're doing. Having that objective party with you on your journey of trying to reclaim your mind, it has been the greatest accelerator that I've experienced in my life in terms of trying to grow my business, grow my personal life, grow my fitness, anything. Same here. Because it's, and, and I know that we are absolutely biased in saying this because we are both coaches, but we, we both invest in ourselves big time. We wouldn't, right. We wouldn't be sitting here having this podcast, sharing things that, you know, they sound like they're pretty reasonable and, and good ideas. Like we wouldn't have these good ideas and, and things to share with you in a funny and silly way, you jackass, if, yeah. if we hadn't gone through some of these transformational processes ourselves, which include hiring a coach and having someone, you know, on our side as we walk through life in, in certain seasons. So, um, I mean, hiring a coach, it, it's, bar none, the, the fastest way to get where you want to go in terms of this reclaiming of your mind and stopping the overthinking and stopping the worry and the anxiety. The way that I like to explain it too is like, let's just say you wanted to go from New York City to LA. To get from New York City, New York City to LA, there's many different ways that you can get there. You could walk, you could get a car, you could drive, you could drive, ride a bus, uh, you could fly a plane. The one that's going to be the, the biggest investment is the plane ride but that's also the one that's going to get you there the fastest and the most efficiently. Whereas walking, let's say the one that you're going in alone, you're not asking for help. You're trying to figure it out along your way. That's going to take you the longest in the long run. It's probably going to cost you the most because you're going to spend the most time trying to figure that out. Whereas like with this whole idea of coaching, coaching is the plane ticket. Coaching is throwing the money on the table saying, I want to get to where I want to go fast and I want to get there and start to enjoy it rather than trying to figure it out by myself because so many of us try to figure stuff out on our own. We fumble through. And frankly, it was a part of my process too. I tried to do a lot on my own. I read a lot of books. I listened to a lot of podcasts like, like this one, not exactly like this one. Cause this is the new school. This is new. You've never heard this before. Yeah. Never, never once. But the, the whole idea is buying that plane ticket from New York city to LA is the same as hiring a coach. It's going to be an investment. It's going to cost you the most money in terms of your personal growth, but I promise you it's going to give you the greatest return because you get to where you want to go faster. It's, it's, it's not as much, um, you know, learning through mistake and failure, but learning through having powerful guidance next to you. And in terms of reclaiming your mind and stopping over the thinking, like all of the things that we're talking about in this episode, it just, it's the greatest accelerator. Um, anything else you have to add to the, the biased opinion of us talking about coaches? Yes. So at the end of the day, when I work with someone, and I'm sure this is the same for Nick, I see who you can be. And I'm going to hold you accountable to that version of yourself on the days when the little voice in your head is telling you that you're not that person anymore. Right. Or that when, on the days when that little voice is saying, just go back to the old shit today. Just skip that today. Uh, just hide today. Just uh, ditch your habits today, right? Like having someone hold you accountable to the person you're becoming because they without a doubt can fucking see it and believe in it. They believe in it almost more than you do in terms of transformation. 
that is, has been the difference maker, my personal transformation, my transformation financially, my transformation as a, as a business owner, right? Like it's literally been like, yeah, learning a lot of cool stuff and having someone hold you accountable, but it's those days when shit hits the fan. I wake up filled with doubt and depression and someone's like, this just isn't who you are. This is a temporary circumstance on its way out. If you choose to rise today. And when you have that, whether in a group setting, a one-on-one setting, like let's be honest, like free accountability groups, they don't usually work because shit that's free. We usually ditch it whenever it gets inconvenient. Like when you're invested physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially, you do show up different. And again, just like the, the machine we talked about in the casino, right? Like if you put a dollar in, but you knew you were getting $50 back, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't be as fear ridden about giving up that dollar. And coaching is the same. Like, yeah, it's easy to see it as like, oh, that dude just took my money. Or you can see it as money is energy. I just flowed that energy through that coach in order for it to come back to me amplified. You can look at it either way. And when I've chose to do the latter, the latter, yeah, yeah, the latter former thing, it weirds me out. Anyway, when I've chose to do the coaching thing, my life has just fucking 10 X expanded, live in large buffet style. Like all you can have and grow, take no prisoners type of good time. That's what we want for you guys. So, like we said, we're a little biased. We're drinking our own Kool-Aid, but just because we both experienced this powerfully numerous times throughout our personal evolution. So yeah, the Kool-Aid tastes good kids. Oh gosh. It's the, it's the electric lemonade. It's blue, but it tastes like lemons. Um, anyway, so back to, back to the original thing where we're talking about. Okay. Right. Yeah. We were talking about something. Physical and mental energy leads yes. to self-awareness and willpower, which leads to reclaim reclamation reclamation reclaiming your mind yeah we'll go with that yes if you want a fast track to amplifying your physical and mental energy yes a coach is, is one of the best ways to do that obviously waking up 20 minutes earlier to just not react if you want to insert meditation gratitude journaling reading into that like yeah obviously it's it's, it's like going to the salad bar like like the more you can add the better it's going to be sure, um, sure. and then i say we hit them with one more one more one. energy amplifier, which amplifies willpower and self-awareness, which amplifies brain control. Um, I have mine. We you do. Use. I have a feeling I know what yours is. Just have to do with me flexing my arm and say it does. That was going to be mine, though. I'll, I'll share it, and then you can add on because you I mean you're yeah. the, you're the fitness guy. I mean, just giving yourself the gift of of physical fitness, moving your body, getting your heart rate up, like. Julian's going to break down all the, the fun chemical things that happen in your body when you move your body because that's, that's his jam. Move but, your body. Shake <laughs> your butt. Like getting back to the, the, the balance here of physical energy and mental energy, you might think just like we spoke about with the sleep thing, if you're getting up 20 minutes early, that might feel like you are taking away from a certain amount of energy, a certain amount of sleep, a certain amount of things that you could actually get by staying in bed 20 minutes longer. The physical energy might be the same counterintuitive approach to you that you see going to the gym or doing some yoga or going for the run that it's depleting from this like power bar. If you're th- seeing this like the, the power bar on your cell phone, if I'm going to the gym, I'm using some physical energy. I'm, if I'm going for a run, I'm using that physical energy. And if Julian and Nick are saying, when you have the mental energy and, and physical energy at high levels, then you can start to have the self-awareness and the willpower to move forward with power um, with your mind. But putting that physical activity as a priority and actually engaging with it and and really uh, owning the moments that you're there, being present with the workout that you're doing, it gives back just like the 20 minutes of of mental space gives back because your your body, it, it begins to build itself and give back to you as you start to kind of challenge it. And that's, I mean, I, I tend to work out in the morning. So I always enjoy getting my workout in the morning because even though I might be a little bit doggish tired when I wake up, I am a, a father of a young child. If I wake up and I'm a little bit groggy and my mind is trying to go rogue on me and say, hey, Nick, if you stay in bed for another 45 minutes, that's going to be more valuable to you than going to the gym for an hour. And I choose to, to counteract what my mind is trying to do. That movement of my body and getting the, the blood pumping, getting my heart, uh, heart rate up, it gives more life to my body. And if you can make this a habit of showing up, it doesn't have to be going to the gym for an hour. You could work out at home for 15 minutes. You can go for a run for a couple of miles. It doesn't matter what format you're, you're putting this in for. But if you are 
just moving your body along with all of these other things that we're talking about in terms of reclaiming your mind, you are literally giving back to that physical energy bar that allows you to have more willpower moving forward, just like giving yourself the 20 minutes in the morning um, in terms of the mental space, the mental energy. So that's my take on fitness. That's why I think it is important. But Julian, yeah. hit us with some chemicals and some fancy scientific yes. words. Yes, Nick referred to me as the fitness guy because A, I use fitness in all of my coaching platforms because it's an important pillar. It's not the only pillar, but, but also, yes, I geek out. I come from a performance coaching background and I love telling you because it's easy to be like, hey, fitness is good, do it. But if you're anything like me, I'm like, well, you got to tell me why or else I'm not going to buy it. And so for you, the person who's like, I get it, it helps me lose weight and like doctors and society tells me it's good, but why? What am I leaving on the table? And just like Nick said, it's more than just how you look in a bathing suit, even though that's just a sweet added bonus. You will burn fat and build muscle, but literally from the inside out, neurophysiologically, you upgrade yourself. You start to decrease the hormones and neurochemicals associated with stress, fatigue, and overwhelm, and you literally optimize your internal state. So all of the hormones and neurochemicals associated with recovery, with with energy with clarity with boldness yes there's a neurotransmitter associated with confidence and boldness like all that stuff goes up gaba which is your body's natural anti-anxiety thing like we are a, a walking pharmacy right and so when you can train three to five times a week you invest in your body's internal infrastructure and you optimize it and it's like a seesaw so the more the good stuff goes up the more the bad stuff goes down. They are inversely related. So when you can train in, yeah, three to five times a week, you don't have to become some super fitness Instagram go hard. Like go get in there three times a week and pick four exercises and do three sets of 10, right? Like sometimes it's that simple. And then the next week, either do three sets of 11 or try to do more weight the next time, right? Like progressively challenge yourself but it doesn't have to be like we tell our story that fitness means x y and z and it's going to require all this brutish hard work like no it's going to require you to override your brain's preference to settle and stay comfortable but again like you're leaving so much on the table by not investing this time into your physical being your body's the vehicle your body's the vehicle that you experience life in it's your vehicle for creation it's your vehicle so yeah spending time each week repairing and optimizing your vehicle, it's going to give you a better ride here on earth. So yes, training is important. Now to get into the nitty gritty of sets and reps and schemes and plans, like maybe we'll do that a different episode, but just committing to movement three times a week, like Nick said, it could be yoga, it could be weight training, it could be CrossFit, it could be um, like going on to bodybuilding.com and getting a free at home. There's so much stuff you can do for free. Um, or just running up hills, like anything. Don't overthink it, people, but right. don't put a lot of pressure on it. But just committing to something three times a week, you're going to start eliciting these hormonal and neurochemical benefits that will literally change your reality from the inside out. I think that sounds great. I think so too. And I will just add to this before we wrap things up here that. It, what you were talking about with simplicity, that, that's a blanket statement for all of the things that we're telling you to introduce into your life in terms of like the, the, the minutes you're, you're saving or you're giving yourself in the morning of mental space, the physical stuff. The more complex you try to make it, that is your mind trying to leak out and go rogue. It's trying to give you the opportunity to, to worry about it or have anxiety about how to create this change. And we're telling you like, make it bare bones, make it simple, give yourself just the opportunity to show up and do some meditation and do some some push-ups some sit-ups whatever like yeah. just do something so that you can start to trigger that response to your mind when your mind wants to say hey i got this you're like no no, no i got it and it's going to be simple and it's going to be very straightforward and that's all you need to do and then as you get a habit of building that into your your, your day start to add in some some flavor but make it bland in the beginning if you need to yeah and this this is the last shameless plug of coaching. That's why coaching is so great too, because of the billion things that can work, a coach is going to break it down to the three non-negotiable things to do today, right? And like when you're right. showing up, you can turn your brain off and, and really invest yourself into the moment. It makes life fun and it makes success simple. That's the new school. So as we wrap this up, guys, tons and tons of value on this. Please, we're calling you out because we love you. Utilize this stuff. Don't let this be another great episode that inspired you and then you just jumped right back into doing things as you were doing things. Go back 
implement the takeaways. It's Nick's birthday. If you don't do this, you're basically saying, screw you, Nick. Not nice. Don't say that to Nick. Hey, Nick, screw you, man. You know what, listener? We've had enough of you. Yeah, you can go somewhere. Yeah, you can go to go to Buffalo. School of Success. Yeah, go to Buffalo, New York, you, you loser. You jerk. Um, but uh, yes, please make sure that you're implementing the things that we're, we're talking about here. This is not for entertainment. This is not for us just to be hopping on here and being silly. Like, don't be a head nodder. Don't just listen to us and nod your head in your car and be like, they're smart. They said some good things. And then leave it at that actually use this stuff because when you use the stuff, that's when the change happens. That's when the overthinking stops. That's when the worry starts to decrease. Like give yourself the gift of the actual implementation because that's, that's really where the change happens. So that's where the change happens. Yes. So do the things, leave the reviews, subscribe to the podcast, share this on social tag us. My tag for Instagram is at Nick underscore moving past mediocre. And Julian, you are. Julian, J-U-L-I-A-N, Julian underscore Fearless Life. Tag us, throw us on your story. We'll throw you on our story and give you a shout out. Yeah, um, yeah. You think we are not on our pedestals talking at you. If you want to open a dialogue and have a conversation, or you want to learn how to implement these specifically to you, or you just have a question, DM us. We are real people. We handle our accounts, and we will gladly have a conversation to serve you and move you forward. Also, grab Nick's book. It is awesome. Grab that freaking. I mean, well, we'll throw, we'll throw a link in the show notes just to be nice people, but uh, it's on the Amazon, you know, so go check that out. Pass me the okra. So with that, we'll sign off so I can go enjoy the rest of my birthday and Julie can go shave his head or something. But uh, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate all of your listenership, all the billions of you, and we will see you. Oh, we love you guys. We love you guys. We do. We'll see you on the next time on the new school of success. Give it.